Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Deuteronomy chapter 11 is where we are today as you turn there. And a couple of announcements to make. You have a very important announcement to make. And um, no, Miss Le- Leanne's not pregnant. But uh, we, have, uh, we have a new kids pastor in our church coming up. Um, if you know, Miss Melanie has, and Pastor Steve, were our kids pastors for, from years gone by. Pastor Steve kind of changed his direction. Uh, we changed his direction. And then so then Miss Melanie has been manning the, our kids ministry. And um, so <clears throat> we have since, and then she also does our church books. And in the last several years, our church books have doubled and almost tripled because, um, because you've been so faithful to give, and God's just opened some doors for us to give. And so we've moved her to where she can just be completely do our church uh, secretary administration work. And we have um, asked uh, Pearl Jenkins to serve as our, and Charles Charlie Jenkins to serve as our kids' pastors. Come on, stand up. Hey. We have uh, just tickled to death that they have decided to join in and jump in. Um, we have, the, the, of course, you understand that kids' ministry is not just what happens on Sunday morning out there. Uh, we've got Kaylin and, and Hannah help us out there. They've, they've filled in. And there's so much that Pearl's going to be calling on you to help with. Because um, as the other day I read, we have four, almost 50 names of people who serve in ministry somewhere in our church from the age 12 and below. And so she'll be called on you, but we're just so tickled that they've just decided to jump in and serve where the Lord's asked them to serve. And so if you'll just give them a, have you already given them a God bless you? Give them one more if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you. And then we have a podcast now. If you have an iPhone, if you have a smartphone, there's a button on there for podcast. Our, our services are now put on, uh, on that, that particular medium. If you'll go to our church page, Bethelnet.org, Bethelnet.org, there's a, go to our website, excuse me, there's a page on there that will link you to um, this particular podcast. If you go there on your podcast app, there's about 50 bazillion Bethels. And so it may take you a while to find it, but Mike did a, a, a just a, had a great idea. If, if you'll go on that website page, there's a page that will navigate you, take you right there. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 22. If you're there, I want to read it to you. It's the story where the children of Israel are once again uh, trying to go, trying to get into the promised land. And the Lord has given them so much instructions, and He begins to give them an encouragement, and it picks up in verse 22 in chapter Deuteronomy 11. And it says this, it says, the Lord says, if you'll continually, diligently keep all these commandments, which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to cleave to him, then will the Lord drive out all the nations before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place that where the soles of your feet shall tread upon shall be yours, from the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river to river Euphrates, even to the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall be no man able to stand before you, for your Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of, of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, and as he has said unto you. 
He said, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. Amen. If I can talk to you today about taking the first step. Taking the first step. Every journey has lots of steps in it, doesn't it? You have the first steps, you beginning, you have the middle steps, and then you have the... I thought I was... Okay, let me try that again. Every journey has steps. There's the beginning steps, there's the middle steps, and then there's the ending steps. And it takes a lot of steps on a journey, no matter what journey you go on. And God said this in this particular passage. He said, every single step that you take, I'm going to bless it. Every place that you, take, every place that you, that you go, the soles of your feet touch. He said, I'm going to give to you. So for Israel, that means something to Israel. That means something to us. To Israel, it meant that whenever they start planting crops, God said, I'm going to bless the planting of your crops. The way he said it, he said, I'm going to bring rain, and then you're going to plant. And then I'm going to bring rain again, and then you're going to, then you're going to grow the crops. And then I'm going to bring rain again, and then you can harvest the crops. And the way God set it up for farmers, it was just perfect. Because whenever they needed the rain, the Lord said he'll send the rain. That was the steps of farming. He said this when it comes to fighting your enemies. He said, I'll fight for you. I don't know about you, but I like when God does that. I like when he fights my battles for me. He said, before you ever even go to battle, I'm going to put fear in the hearts of your enemies. So in other words, before you even throw the first, the first uh, arrow, he said this. He said, I'm going to go ahead and have them defeated. Anybody ever play basketball, coach basketball? Anybody ever been in sports? Anybody know what sports are? There we go. Do you understand this? Sometimes before you even step out, Kevin, to play somebody, you know sometimes you've already beat them. You can tell it sometimes. My fact, when, <clears throat> when we were younger, and watch, excuse me, when my kids were younger playing high school basketball, you could tell before they ever threw the basketball on the court who was going to win. During the warm-ups, if one team was jumping and they were shooting three-pointers or they were dunking and the other guys were watching them, and you could say they've already lost before they even started the very first, blew the very first whistle. And that's what God said he was going to do. He said, the Lord God, your God, shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon. Those are the steps that God said he was going to bless. But today I want to talk to you about not the middle steps, not the last steps, but I want to talk to you about the first step. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in a, in a, in a group this size, there is somebody that has to take some first steps. Maybe all of us are in some area of life have to take the first step in walking to, towards a promised land. It may be those, God, that are coming back and they have to take that step to begin to come back to God's house or those that need to come back to God. Maybe somebody's going to start a diet or start exercising or start, maybe there's somebody that's going to take that step to get married. But one thing we do know, that God, you help us in the steps that we take. And I pray today you'll so stir the hearts of those. They'll begin to take those steps on that journey you have for them, and we give you praise for it. Thank you for the anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. So Israel's on the edge of God's dream for them. In this particular place, remember, for 400 years they've been slaves. Four. Hundred years, multiplied millions of people have been slaves. They've come through the dramatic miracles. If you remember and go back to the book of Exodus, there's miracles that have that taken place that the Bible says have never been done since. And these, these people, these Israelites, they saw all these miracles. 
They went to Mount Sinai where Moses brought the Ten Commandments down from Mount Sinai. They, were, they went through the golden calf where they cast off God and they began to worship the false god of the golden calf and that whole debacle. But so they're at the, they're at the cusp of the, of, the, of the promised land. It's the beginning of a brand new chapter in Israel's history. And think about this. You just think about this. If you've lived in tents for years or you've been a slave for years, now for the first time they can see it in their eye, in their mind's eye, they can see it. We can start building houses. We can start building schools. We can have our own place. We can start building cities. We can build a temple. We don't have to put it up and take it down all the time. We can have our own place to go and worship God. So God's getting them ready. God's preparing them. But the thing is, is every journey starts with the first step. Have you, have you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about, where you're on the cusp of something, but you've you got to take those first, those first step. How many ever gave their lives to Christ? And there was that, you remember the day when you took those first steps to give your life to Jesus? How many ever started dating again? Maybe you got dinged by that good for nothing, and you got hurt, but you knew you had to get back out there and start dating again, and you took that first step and you said yes. How many ever started a diet? You got to start somewhere, don't you? There's a first step that you got to take. How many have ever decided to come back to church? You remember the feeling of walking in and, and just thinking, I, I just got to take the first step of getting back into church and getting my family into church. And that's the thing because sometimes the biggest steps of all the journey is the first one. Even when Israel, God, when it came time to take the first steps, four times in the first chapter of Joshua, God told them to be strong and of a good courage because he knew this, those first steps are so critical, and you've got to have courage, and you've got to have strength, and you've got to have motivation when you're, when, you're, when you're taking that first step. Now, it may not be the only step we ever take, but how many know this? It just might be the biggest. And some of you today, God wants to bless you, but you have to take the first step. He wants to walk with you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to fight your battles. But my friend, you have to take the first step. I remember the day, and I've told you my story over and over again, the day that I was sitting in a church just on a day just like this Sunday morning. And I was looking and I was listening and I was thinking about my life. And I was 19 years old and I knew I couldn't keep living the way that I was living. And I remember thinking I needed more than church. My family had, we'd grown up in church, but I realized I needed more than that. I needed to change the way I lived. I needed a real live relationship with God. And ironically, the whole time the pastor came to the front, they had an invitation song. And, of course, they go through the invitation song. When we One stands in, two stands in, three stanzas. And the whole time they're singing, I'm looking at my feet. And I'm looking and staring at them knowing I need to take the first step out the pew to go down to the, to pray, for the pastor to, pray with, pastor to pray with me. And I kept looking at my feet, one stanza, two stanza, and I keep thinking that my feet have to move. And I remember just looking back, it's, it's like it's emblazoned in my mind when that left foot took that step outside. And I walked to, to receive Christ, and my, my life was changed forever. But it all started with that very first step, and that first step was hard. Now, there's some keys that we're going to find here in Deuteronomy chapter 11 about taking the first step. So whatever you might be, whatever journey you might be on or whatever promised land you may be facing, there's some things that will help us along the way. Are you ready? Are you ready? Verse 22, 
Here's what the Lord says as he's preparing them to take these first steps. He says, if you shall diligently keep all the commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. Now, here's just a really good key that's going to help you. It's really good, it's really easy to take the first step when you follow the Lord's advice. When you follow the Lord's advice. Advice. So my question is, what does the Bible say? Being a pastor, one thing I love to do is I love talking to people. I, I do. I love walking people down the roads of life, and, and, and if it's kids or spiritual or family or whatever it might be, I love this. And one of the things that you may hear me say quite a bit is when you ask a question, my first response may be, what does the Bible say? about what you're going through. Because here's the thing, the Bible is so all-inclusive that it does. It has, it answers, has an answer to every single season of life, every single journey you might be on. It's why we promote, promote JBQ. Why do we invite those students to come up after every single meet and tell you about all the good things they do? Because the Bible, we know this, that if you're going to do anything for God, you're going to need to know the Bible. If you're going to do anything for God, you're going to need to know the Bible. If you're going to do anything in this life, if you have breath in your body, it's going to really, really, really help you to know what the Bible has to say. So here's some questions that I've heard before. Pastor, I struggle with anxiety. I just get so up in arms. I have anxiety attacks, and and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I've heard this, Pastor. I just don't know what to do. What does the Bible have to say about it? Let me come down here and see what it looks like from down here when I preach from up there. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6, it says, Be anxious, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it gives me the answer for anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by. So it tells me the answer to anxiety. What's the answer to anxiety? Prayer and thanksgiving and petition. So that tells me that whenever I get anxious, if I pray about it, something will begin to happen as I pray about it. As I begin to pray about it, things begin to change, and instead of anxiety, I all of a sudden have a peace on the inside of me that everything's going to work out all right. Do you know where I got that truth from? I got it from Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 and 7. Let's keep on going. This is fun. Pastor, I don't get much out of my job, my school, or my friendships. What do I do? Come on, let's try it again. Let's see what it says up there again. Luke chapter 6, it says this. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, the measure you give, it will be measured back to you. Pastor, I don't get anything out of my marriage. What are you putting into your marriage? Pastor, I don't get anything out of church. What are you putting into your church? Pastor, I don't get anything out of my friends. What are you putting into your friends? Because the Bible, the truth of the Bible, is what you get put in is what you... This is great. Pastor, here's one. I'm a teen, and I feel pressure to have sex. In this culture that I live in, I just feel pressured to have sex. Let's see what the Bible has to say about this. 
1 Corinthians. Let's go to it. Flee from sexual immorality. Let's stop there. I don't know how else to say it outside of saying, run away from it. Stay away from it. The way God's designed it to be, sexual immorality, run away from it. So here's the thing, but pastor, there's, there's these urges and these feelings and these things on the inside of me that I don't know what to do with. See, God's designed it in the garden for a man and a woman in the confines of marriage to come together in a beautiful relationship called marriage. And that's, that's the protective place. That's the place where you could come and you could express and experience the way God's designed it in, 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 in a comfortable con- a relationship that God's designed. Now, I just want to make sure do I have everybody's attention. Pastor, I want to go to heaven, but I doubt sometimes. I mean, I mean, how do you know for sure? Nobody's ever gone to heaven and come back and told everybody what it's like. I've never been there. How do I know for sure? How do I know for certain that when I die today in Christ, I'll go to heaven? 1 John chapter 5, verse, t- verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. All these truths I just learned, I learned from the pages of God's Word. So what other questions, what other things, what other steps do I have to take that before I take those steps, I can go to God's Word and I can have confidence and I can have the assurance that when I take the step of faith, God will be there with me. The Word of God is a, is, is a key. Secondly, he tells us this. Go back to verse 22. He says, if you will diligently keep all the commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to cleave unto him. So the second thing that I need to do, the Bible tells me to do is to cleave unto the Lord, to love the Lord, to hold on to him. We're going to talk for just a minute about how to fall in love. Because he said to love the Lord is critical before you take these first steps. So let me ask you this question. How do you fall in love with somebody? How do you fall in love with somebody? I mean, we write songs about falling in love, country songs, uh, Christian songs. We write contemporary songs about how to fall in love with somebody. We write books about how to fall in love with somebody. So my question today is, how do you fall in love with somebody? Because the, the, the key here is he said, I have to fall in love with the Lord. I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to tell you about how, to, how I fell in love with Miss Leanne. Did you say ooh? How do you fall in love with somebody? First of all, you got to be introduced to them. You have to meet them. You have to, you have to recognize them. When I met Miss Leanne, walked to church one day, was late as always, walked into a pew, sat into, not walked into a pew, went and sat in a pew, and guess who was sitting next to me when I sat down in, the, in that empty pew? Miss Leanne. Go home, and my mother says, I met the most wonderful girl in the world. My mother was, was directing the Christmas play. She said, she's just everything. She's perfect. She's funny. She's this. She's that. And I said, who is she? And she said her name. Her name's Leanne Hoover. I said, I just sat next to her at church. So we got introduced. And so the Bible does tell us that first thing you have to do is to fall in love with the Lord is you have to, first of all, be introduced to him. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
It's the first step to fall in love with God is be introduced to Him and start the road of, of salvation with Christ. Secondly, how do you fall in love with somebody? Is you remember the things they do for you. Remember the things that they do for you. When I met Miss Leanne, <clears throat> I was the new guy in church. and She'd been there a while. And everything we did, she included me, and I appreciated that. If you've ever been a new person to a church, you realize sometimes you just feel like a third wheel, fifth wheel, excuse me. You realize that this is sometimes that she included me in all the things they did. If they went out to eat, she'd invite me. If they went somewhere, they went to, to um, oh, where'd we go? Petty Jean, she took me, she invited me as well, and I appreciated that. Also, when I, love her, I love her when I'm reminded of the, now the years later the type of mother she is, how she cares so much for her kids, and she's so, so diligent and so on site and ready for her children. I appreciate that. And I appreciate how she cares for me, takes care of me. I could tell you story after story, meals that she'd made, I can't remember what they were, but they nourished me every single time. I appreciate that. Sometimes I get crazy sometimes. I just, you know, kind of go from pillar to post, and my mind just goes, kind of goes, goes weird sometimes, and she just puts up with that. It's not the place to say amen, but you can just go ahead and on the inside say amen. And when I look about all the things that she's done for me and I think about the beginning and all the time we spent together, it really makes me love her more. Do you know that Jesus Christ has done something for you that nobody else has done for you? The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Jesus gave his life for your life. He gave his blood for your sins. He hung upon the cross of Christ and he rose from the dead so that one day you can be with him in that same place called heaven. Nobody in your life has ever died for you. Nobody in your life has ever poured themselves out like Jesus poured himself out for you. And when I think about it and when I meditate on it, it just makes me love him more. Jesus right now, what's he doing right now? He's praying for me and he's praying for you. The Bible says he, he rose to, to, to heaven, sits at the right hand of God, and lives forever to make intercession for me and for you. Right now, and you think nobody's praying for me, nobody knows my struggle, Jesus is sitting right by God and said, hey, uh, Father, by the way, if you know Kevin down there, he's really needing some things right now. If you know Leanne, she really needs help right now. If you know Robert down there, he really needs some help, Lord. But he's doing all the things and praying for me and for you right now. And it makes me love him more. I love him because he gives me room to mess up. Everybody's not like that. If you mess up at work, sometimes you lose your job. If you mess up at home sometimes, or mess up with friends, sometimes they back away from you. They look at you funny the next time. They don't ever give you the benefit of the doubt. But the Bible says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means that no matter what I do, no matter when I fail, the times I make mistakes, when I go to God and confess them, every single time he wipes them away and he cleanses me. God does that every single time. And when I think about how he's been to me, I think about the time we met, I think about all, that he, do, all he does for me, it makes me want to love him more. And when I love him more and I cleave to him in everything I do, I have to find out what the master wants. I have to find out what Jesus wants. Everything I do, I cleave to him. I hold on to him. When it comes time to take that first step, it's really not that hard of a step because I know the one that's guiding and leading me in those steps. Lastly today is you fall in love with somebody when you spend time with the other people who love him. 
when I spend time with other people who love him, it makes me love him more. I like spending time, when Lynn and I first met, I like spending time with her family. Because they would tell all the stories on her and all the things that she's done, that she, she, she did, all the things that she said. And, and as I got to know them, I got to know her a little bit better. When I talked with her friends, I got to know, and they told me all the stories about her and all the things that she had done. And, and as I talked to her friends, I loved her more because I got to know her more by talking to her friends and to her family. And so the thing is, is I realize as I spend time with you, as we spend time with each other, and I hear of your faith, and I hear of what you say about what God did for you, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, God did that for me. That's amazing. He could do it for them and do it for me as well. And what causes it to happen is it causes me to love him more as I spend time with you. When I hear about the stories or the times you come and you say, I want to pray with you, or the times you say, would you pray for me, or the times you tell life stories and we share it one with another, and we all come to the same conclusion, God really does, will walk you down the journey of life. And it causes me, as I talk to you, as I listen to you, as we pray together, it causes me to look to him and go, my goodness, he is the most wonderful thing in the world, and I love him more. Let me take that first step. Today, I know this, I know this, I know this, that some of you today have to take a step, a step towards God. And it might be something like today is your day. And you, as you say, look, I've I got to start, start coming back to church. I gotta, but i got to take that first step. Today's your day. Maybe it's you, maybe it's you say, look, i got to come back to God. I know that I know I'm not right with him, but i got to take the first step today. And you'll be, be like I was 30 years ago. Maybe today it's, 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 maybe it's something to do with you want to change jobs. Maybe you need a diet. Maybe you need to go on a diet. Excuse me. Maybe you just start exercising. And that's the hardest step to take is that first step. We've talked about that. Maybe there's somebody that you have to confront. And you don't want to do that. Maybe you need counseling and you just don't want to take that first step. The list is so long. I hate to even say it, but, but I know this. Somebody here is going to take a first step today, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray that God will give you the faith and the courage to do it. It's not just that you're going to walk down here. It's just that tomorrow you're going, you're going to make that call, or tomorrow you're going to write that email, or tomorrow you're going to take the drive that car, go to that place, but you've got to do something, and this is our time to start it. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, today in the name of Jesus, as we prepare to just gather around an altar, we come to connect with God. God, there are those among us that... They're taking a, a, a big step in their journey because it's the, one of the first ones. But I know the first step always starts with obeying God. So there are those that are here, and they have to obey you. And they're nervous, and they're not certain, and they're not sure. But Israel wasn't sure either. But they knew in whom the God they believed. And you met them there, and you've met me there. And you've met us countless of times there. Now this time, God, we know that you'll be faithful. And we love you for it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.